Hello and welcome to In the Days of Noor with me, Noor, where we talk about Islamic-related topics and social issues. The following is a recording of a lecture I gave back in Ramadan of 2019 about human refinement through Islam. That is, how do we better ourselves, either by adding things to our lives or taking it away or taking things away that inshallah ta'ala will bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thank you for listening. And if you want to support our work, please head over to patreon.com slash night. We really appreciate your support and we hope you enjoy the recording. Okay, assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. Praise, give praise to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we send peace and blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So alhamdulillah, the topic from last week and this week, it's human refinement through Islam. And we spoke about our belief systems and how we can refine our belief of monotheism, of it being one, one God, and how we can rid ourselves of the... Obviously, we're all here as Muslims and, and worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but how we can rid ourselves of lesser shirk, shirk being to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which we know that in the past and even still today, um, though a minority now, then people have worshipped other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in literal idols that they build from stone or wood. Um, but there are also lesser gods. We spoke about even the pagan Arabs of before because of their love of money and prominence and the money that they felt was brought in through having idols in the Kaaba. That was one reason that some of them did not accept the Prophet It wasn't just because they didn't believe. Some of them didn't accept it because it wasn't convenient for them. It wouldn't give them financial gain. It would lower their standing. So there are different ways that our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can be interrupted and polluted by other than Allah. And it's not just literal idols. Um, so we want to continue with that topic, inshallah ta'ala. And so this word refinement, I wanted to I wanted to just begin by talking about why we chose this word and what does it mean. Um, a lot of the times, and alhamdulillah, especially in Ramadan, they were thinking about how can we be better Muslims, right? And so we're thinking about all the things that we can do, all the things we can add to our life, give more charity and pray more and go to the masjid more. But we should also think about what can we take out of our life that hasn't been so good? What are things that have been present in our life that if we were to take it out, we would be better Muslims? So one, the first definition of refinement is the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from a substance. So we want to talk about how can we remove from ourselves things that are preventing us from worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from drawing closer to him, from being good Muslims. And then the second definition is the improvement of or clarification of something by making small changes. And so in Ramadan, alhamdulillah, we often make big changes. We go to the masjid every day, some of us. We, we even just being together as a community, we do it, some, some of us, every single day. We're giving charity a lot more often. But we should also be asking ourselves, what are the things that I can take from Ramadan that I can continue doing? What are maybe the smaller changes 
that I can take with me. It may not be possible to give every single day, though probably a little bit, but it may not be possible to sustain the same level of charity or going to the masjid or whatever it is that we're doing um, outside of Ramadan. But what can we keep? What's something small that we can keep doing, inshallah ta'ala, outside of, of this month that we can take with us? So when we're thinking about the first definition of removing impurities from our life, and these can be, uh, we're going to focus on a belief, so these, and, and our heart, so this can be what's in our heart, what are our beliefs, and so when we think about that, we want to think of what are, what are some of my vices, when we think of ourselves personally, what are my vices that I can remove from my life? Some things are easier for some of us than for others. For some people, giving charity is very easy. For some people, praying a lot is very easy. So everyone is unique in thinking about their particular vices and what they have to focus on for themselves. So that'll be the first thing that we talk about, in particular when it comes to our beliefs. We know that to become Muslim, the first step is to believe something, right? It's to believe that there is no God but the one true God and that Muhammad is his messenger. So we do want to spend some time on beliefs and making sure that our beliefs are correct. And then we'll get into, inshallah ta'ala, um, a kind of practical spirituality in that what are the small changes we can make to be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hopefully over over a lifetime. So in order to know how we can, even order, in order to know what is a vice, because we may have things that we in particular don't like about ourselves, but as Muslims, in order to know what is a vice, what is not something that we don't want to participate in or believe, then we have to know what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger have said. So uh, we're going to turn to a book, inshallah ta'ala, that summarizes what are some of these vices that we should not have, what are some of the things that we should believe. So they talk about obligations of the heart. So we're going to run through some of these and spend more time on some than on others. So to have belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what he revealed, first and foremost. To have the belief in the messenger of Allah and what he revealed. So sometimes we may come across a hadith. Now there, I'm sure some of us are at least a little bit familiar that there are different grades of hadith with sahih being, being the highest. But sometimes we may come across hadith and we don't like it or we don't like its meaning or we don't like whatever it is about it. But if it's sahih, we should, and sometimes hadith need a lot of context and that's why we don't understand or we, it just doesn't fit into our understanding of the Prophet So we should still take it as true. We should not reject the hadith just because we don't like it. But um, while we're doing that, it's okay to still say, maybe I'm not so comfortable with this right now, but this is the truth because sahih, then we know that the Prophet said it. So this is the truth, but inshallah ta'ala, Allah will give me an understanding. He will open some sort of way for me to understand this hadith or give me more context. So we shouldn't reject something just because we dislike it. Um, to have sincerity, which is to do good deeds only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
We all know that sometimes when we're doing good works, then we can start out with the intention of doing it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but then it gets intercepted by other things. So you want to do charity because you know it's something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. But while you're doing charity, someone tells you, wow, you're such a good person for doing charity. And then that enters your heart as well, and you begin to want to do charity because someone is telling you you're a good person. So it's not, it's a human thing because we actually have to be careful because sometimes we do good works and then they get interrupted by these other desires and then we say, you know what, let me not give charity anymore. Let me not give charity publicly anymore. And that's not the point. The point is to purify inside, to remove that. So, okay, I have this, I got this good feeling from someone saying that and maybe it changed my intentions. Let me correct my intentions. It's something um, one of our teachers used to always say to us, correct your intentions. So you're going out and giving the charity, make sure that when you're going there, while you're doing it, when you're coming back, you're constantly reminding yourself that this is ultimately for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and no one else. Another obligation of the heart is to regret sinning. So it's not enough that we simply walk away from sinning. We should also regret it. We also should not feel that, like some of us, um, and we say these things haphazardly. Again, it's just a human thing that we do sometimes. But let's say we converted or we weren't always good Muslims. And so sometimes we joke about, oh, I remember the, the good old days when we used to party, or I remember the good old days when we used to hang out later, something, you know, if you were doing something inappropriate, or the good old days when we were, used to drink alcohol, or the good old days when we didn't wear hijab, something like that. We have to be really careful because we want to regret the sins that we committed, or it wouldn't be a sin if you were non-Muslim at the time, it wouldn't be a sin for you. But you still want to regret those actions that are displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to be careful when we are talking. Sometimes within our hearts, we still have not been, we haven't purified ourselves enough yet to dislike that thing that we did. But we have to correct that, inshallah ta'ala. And at least we can first correct it by correcting our thoughts and the way that we talk about it. To rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We spoke about this a bit last week, that we have to know everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that we don't rely solely on ourselves or anyone else. So um, if we, we may have given this example last week, but if you are thirsty and you drink a cup of water and now the water has freed you from thirst, well, it would be incorrect to say that ultimately, or to believe that ultimately the water is what frees you from thirst. Ultimately, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that frees you from thirst. So we just want to constantly remind ourselves that everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the interesting thing is that we often realize this, or are forced to realize this when something is wrong, right? When we're sick and our bodies don't function like normal, when the environment is um let's say you're you usually get to work you leave on time if everything's fine you get there in 20 minutes actually i had this experience where uh when i was working as a school teacher it usually takes 10 minutes to get to the school we had a snowstorm it took five hours i think because there was the snow and then there was the traffic so it was 
ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that got us there in 20 minutes and ultimately Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that got us there in four hours, right? So we have to realize that it's not just about the cause and effect, it's about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what he opens for us. So, so we just have to constantly clarify that and purify that in our hearts. That we fear or are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So again, these are obligations of the heart. That we fear and that we are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and performing one's obligations and refraining from unlawful matters. And one of our teachers, he says, um, I believe he was repeating a hadith where he said, to watch over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carefully. And what does it mean to watch over Allah carefully? It means that you watch that Allah is watching you. So that when you are engaging in your life, you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching you. And what has he commanded you? What does he want? What is best for you in any given um, situation according to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So that we watch over the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carefully and that we are conscious of him. And we, this word, um, taqwa, it can be translated into fear, it can be translated into awe, it can be translated into consciousness, it's all the, the same thing. So to subjugate oneself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and refrain from objecting to him, so again, worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he has told us to worship him. To be thankful to Allah for his endowments and not use them for disobedience, to be patient in performing obligations, to be patient in refraining from sins, to be patient with what Allah has afflicted one. So we know that all of us, of course, we're going to face various difficulties in our lives, and it's not always easy, though it is, it is the highest of faith, it's an ideal, it's what we want to reach to, but it's not always easy to accept the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that moment. But when we get our senses back, then inshallah ta'ala, we return to Allah and realize that this is, this is uh, ultimately his will, his will and his infinite wisdom and that we should accept it. And we have to know, um, I believe, I don't think it was last week Friday, but we were talking about, in my sister's class actually, I think that was Sunday, about the story in the cave where we have this exchange between Kidr and Musa. And Musa has a particular kind of knowledge and Kidr has a particular kind of knowledge, at least in him. And so they have to go on this journey. And we know the first thing that happens is that they go on this boat, these people let them on their boat, and then Kidr puts a hole in the boat. And then the second thing is that they go to, uh, they go to the town and Kidder, there are children playing, and Kidder kills a boy there. And then the third thing is that they go to this town, they refuse them food, and then uh, Kidder helps them with a wall that's falling. And along the way, Musa is questioning him. Now, Musa has a certain kind of knowledge. He's a prophet, uh, so he has the knowledge of the Sharia that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him. But Kidder had a different kind of knowledge. He had a special knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he was commanded to do these things. And we can look at this story as a representation for Qadr in general, for the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in general, that things happen sometimes that in our limited wisdom or the wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us, we don't know, we cannot understand why it happened. 
when you look at the example, and it's beautiful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses it because it's probably, when we see children die, people always say, children aren't supposed to die before their parents, right? People always say that. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using this example and showing us his infinite wisdom that this child was supposed to die. This child, in this case, um, when Kidar is explaining it, then he says that this child was going to grow up to be a disbeliever, to be disobedient to his parents. His parents are righteous. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to bless them with a better child. So it is hard. Like That's one of the most difficult experiences that someone can go through. And it's hard to understand and it's hard to accept. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us that in his ultimate infinite wisdom, it makes sense. So we have to trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his wisdom. So also to hate sins, this is again obligations of the heart, to hate sins and to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his Quran, his messenger, and the companions. So we want to talk about some of the sins of the heart, even though it would be enough to talk about the obligations of the heart and what we're supposed to do, and then we don't do the opposite of that, right? But we want to, inshallah ta'ala, um, go to some of the sins of the heart as well and to talk about how we can make small changes, right, so that we can better ourselves. And also, I wanted to make a note, again, when we're thinking about bettering ourselves, we can add things, we can subtract things. So the second definition that we spoke about with refinement is the improvement or clarification of something by making small changes. So we can every day try and take something out of our life or lessen something, do less of something, and that can also better ourselves. We know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us that when we are born, then we're all Muslim. We all have this fitra to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then our parents and the world in general, uh, but our parents in particular, they change our religion or they keep us Muslim if we're blessed to have Muslim parents. Um, of course, the world as well can corrupt us and, and introduce all kinds of impurities into our lives. So it's also beneficial that we try to turn back to our fitra. Obviously, we're different. We're not going to go back to being newborn babies, but we're going to be even better because now we're worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he wants to be worshipped. So among the sins of the heart, one is to in, insincerely perform good deeds. So to do good deeds for the sake of the people or for praise or reward from them. So we discussed this. And one of the good things that you can do if you fear doing this, let's say you're doing charity and you feel like you're beginning to just enjoy people praising you. One of the things we can do, obviously correcting our intentions, yes, but one of the other beneficial things that we can do is to do more acts of charity privately, secretly, so that we know we're not getting praise from anyone else or we're not getting reward from anyone else, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and inshallah, that can help us to be more sincere. Um, the, next, the next thing that, that they talk about is to pride oneself for obeying, for obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and deeming one's worship was only by one's own ability and forgetting the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we can um, 
It's interesting because we can fall into sin in many different ways. The sin isn't always so obvious. The person who is practicing can be sinful because of why they're practicing or because of what they believe about their practice. That is, you go to the masjid and you study Islam and you believe that it's because of your own efforts that you have gotten there, that you've attained this knowledge that you're practicing. And so you may appear on the outside to be a good Muslim, but because of this disease in your heart, you're actually sinning against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to correct that. We have to realize that everything we have and everything that we are is because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we constantly remind ourselves of that. Um, another sin of the heart is to feel safe from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have to be careful. We read the story um, in Surah, in the Surah of the Cave as well. There is a story with these two men arguing over, well, one has a garden and he is priding himself and the other man is saying, why would you disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And one of the things that the man says is that he does not fear, uh, he does not believe in, in the next life. And even if it is true, he'll be brought back and it'll be even better than this. So we should not feel certain of not being punished. But that doesn't mean we don't hope in Allah's mercy, right? Of course, we hope in his mercy. But we also know that if we sin, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may punish us. But we, we want to focus on, on Allah's mercy, of course. But we don't want to have that kind of arrogance that this man displayed that if I go back, then Allah is going to give me even better. We don't want to say that. We don't know. But also, the opposite of that, and which is also a sin of the heart, is to despair of Allah's mercy. We also don't want to think, I'm so bad that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never forgive me, right? That's also, um, that's also a sin. And we see uh, there's a story that we all know, the hadith, of the man who killed 99 people. And then he asked a religious person, will I be forgiven? The first, the first person said no. And he killed that person too. And then he continued traveling and he met another righteous person and that person told him, if you go to this land, then inshallah, these are good people and you'll be saved. And so this is a man seeking mercy, seeking forgiveness, even though he has done probably what we consider one of the worst crimes, right? Killing people, one of the worst crimes. Killing multiple people for no reason, one of the worst things that you can do. But he still had hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he was actively going seeking repentance. And we know in this story that he doesn't get to reach this place. And so the angels come, the one who's in charge of heaven, the one who's in charge of hell, and they're arguing about what to do with this man because he had committed these sins, he'd kill all these people, but he was going towards this land and he wanted to repent. And so, and I'm, and I'm paraphrasing, so forgive me, but essentially Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he forgives this man because he was seeking repentance, right? So no matter how big our sin, I'm sure none of us has any sin that can compare to him, right? So no matter how big our sin, we should realize that we can always seek Allah's mercy. We can always seek his repentance. We should never feel despair. Um, another is to have 
arrogance towards others, and that is to reject, excuse me, so to look down on people in general, to look down on people, that is a sin of the heart. To have any kind of enmity for another Muslim, also a sin. So we want to purify ourselves from that. Um, inshallah ta'ala, alhamdulillah, it's almost time to break fast, so we'll just make a few more points. Um, that, inshallah ta'ala, when we are thinking about bettering ourselves, and you can do either, right, or we want to do both. Again, we think about what can we add, what can we do more of, what can we remove. And so, inshallah ta'ala, um, we want to try to, again, remove impurities from our life. And we also want to try to make small changes so that we can better ourselves. Thank you all for allowing me to be here with you and give you a few reminders. Alhamdulillah, jazakallah khair. And I pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses us with a blessed Ramadan. We have passed the first 10 days, so inshallah, may Allah make these next 20 days the best and accept this Ramadan from us and remove our sins from us and let us come out as better people, inshallah ta'ala. Jazakallah khair.